What if you had a guide who could tell you how to bridge a gap between who you are today and who you're destined to be? What if each week you could hear a story of someone who has tried and succeeded, or perhaps tried and failed, but learned something in the process? Limitless Spirit is a weekly podcast where host Helen Todd interviews guests about topics and personal stories on defining life's purpose, pursuing personal growth, and developing a deeper faith in Christ. I think that we as Christians and we as Christians within business do have social responsibilities and we're held to a higher standard and that's the standard that God has called us to. However, the social responsibility for corporations is primarily to their shareholders. And I think that it, that is primarily the, the responsibility that corporations have. At the end of the day, I think what we're seeing with corporate activism is symptomatic of what consumers want. And so when you see all of this corporate activism that you're not enjoying or that you're not liking, that is a uh, symptom of uh, society calling for things that are uh, less desirable. As Christians, we're called by God to live to his standards that he sets in the Bible. In the recent years, many corporations have become involved in social and political activism that ultimately reflects the character of their leadership and their customers. And very frequently, these values are contrary to Christian values. So how should we respond to the world around us in a way that reflects God's character and His presence in our lives? I'm your host, Helen Todd, and in this episode, I talk with Philip Todd, who is an economist for the U.S. Senate and specializes in issues concerning small businesses. We discuss the recent news about Ben & Jerry's decision to withhold business from the West Bank, what causes corporate activism, and how we can respond as Christians to see positive change in the future. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Limitless Spirit podcast. Hello, Philip. Welcome to the Limitless Spirit podcast. Hello. Glad to be here. Well, we're going to talk about a subject today that came to my mind uh, due to the recent news about four states um, in the United States boycotting Ben & Jerry's company and its parent company, Unilever. So I saw somewhere on the news about Arizona, Florida, and New Jersey, and the most recent one was the state of Texas, which actually announced it, I think, on September 25th, that they are divesting from Ben & Jerry's over the fact that Ben & Jerry's announced that they they will not sell their products or, or run their business in the West Bank, basically. So first of all, I guess I want to ask you, um, what, what is your opinion on that? You know, I think it's a very complicated issue, of course, especially when, when you're talking specifically about how the government can react to certain positions that private corporations take. It's going to be different than I think individuals or us as Christians should react to certain positions that a corporation, a private corporation takes. That being said, I personally don't think the decision that Ben and Jerry's made was a, was a smart one or a good one, particularly because of many 
Palestinians, for instance, that were benefiting from uh, the existence of of their licensee there and in those areas, uh, even some that were working there, uh, supposedly, uh, is a report I had read, that might cause direct economic harm to the people that they're supposedly trying to protect there. But that aside, I think that the states are sort of listening to their constituents about real problems, real concerns about this new movement of corporate activism. Do I think that the state should necessarily take action? That is a tricky subject, particularly when you're dealing with other people's money. You know, the state is uh, making decisions on behalf of all of its employees within that particular pension plan, whether or not to invest in Unilever or not, Unilever being the parent company of Ben & Jerry's. Uh, I think the problem with that is that it may not be reflective of the viewpoints of all of their employees. So I think there might be problems with that in particular. But from an individual perspective, yes, I think it is uh, probably the right position to take. So it seems like we're living in a day when everybody is involved in some sort of activism. Companies are involved in activism besides doing their business. Apparently, the states are involved in the activism. And of course, you know, the... The question comes up in my mind as Christians, what are we to do? How are we to react in those type of situations? So let's just break this down. Let's start with companies first. So this has become really a trend in the last probably decade or maybe even more than that. Companies taking, you know, aside from them producing a product, they're taking a certain position on social issues and being very, very vocal about it. Do do you even know what is the history behind that? How did this all come to pass? Yeah, you know, it's a it's an interesting question. I actually think it's even more recent um, than than a decade old. I think uh, largely within this past five years, you're seeing a lot more of companies, private companies, take positions on issues they would not have touched or even addressed earlier. Uh, particularly those issues that really don't have a lot to do with their core business. I, I think you would always see companies try to issue some sort of statement on on issues that would directly affect either their employees or their customers or whatever it may be. That probably existed for a while. But I think addressing the plethora of different political issues or social issues that uh, our nation is facing is, is sort of a new phenomenon. And I do have a... Um, sort of an idea as to why this is. But before we jump into that, I think it's important to understand what it is a firm is. You know, the there was this uh, professor from King's College in New York who came to uh, my undergrad university while I was still a student there and gave a speech on entrepreneurship in particular. His speech was called Entrepreneurship as a Service. And, and he said, there is nothing more empathetic than an entrepreneur trying to understand his consumer or her consumer. And so the premise behind that is that the sole purpose of a corporation is uh, at the end of the day, as Milton Friedman, the late Nobel laureate economist, would say, uh, to to seek its own profit. And that sounds kind of blunt, especially in today's day and age. Um, In fact, just recently, I think there was a a hearing with a whistleblower at Facebook who said whose claims is that Facebook is prioritizing profits over people. But I think what Brian Brinberg, the the individual who came and spoke at my university, his counter was that um, 
really in, in our society, aside from different, you know, illegal activities or sort of abuses of our system, in general, the corporations in the United States, the main way that they can become successful is to make you successful or make their consumers successful at achieving whatever need or, or wants they may have. So in, in, in other words, the key way for a, a corporation to become prosperous is to solve a need that their consumer has or a want that their consumer has. And so how I think that's relevant to the discussion at hand is that I think what we're seeing now is not necessarily just that corporate leaders are becoming more political or more uh, woke or anything like that. I think what we're seeing is that they're adding to their sort of product offering. What this is really a result of, and I think companies are sort of reactive bodies, if that makes sense. But what we're really seeing is that the consumers are demanding more political activism from their corporations that they shop at. No, no longer is it enough to just go buy a pair of shoes. Consumers want to go buy a pair of shoes from a company who stands for what they value and what they believe in. And that way, they, the brand carries more than just a, a nice shoe. It carries a whole package of ideas and values. So to that extent, I really think that a lot of the corporate activism you're seeing is not driven by corporate executives. It's driven by the consumers themselves. I, I think what's important to understand is that companies are reactive. Um, so they're reactive to what they perceive the demands of their customers or of their employees or of their shareholders' desires. And so I think the what you're seeing is um, these companies, the, the rise in corporate activism is indicative of their perception of what consumers want them to make statements on or not make statements on or support or not support. This sounds a bit to be like a grim picture, um, especially when you're thinking about there's so many corporations, especially from, from the perspective of Christians, that seem to be uh, supporting positions that are not uh, friendly to Christians, that are even sometimes anti-Christian. But I, but I think that's one thing that's important to understand is that though we as Christians have a individual responsibility uh, to, to hold a biblical and godly standard, I think it's important to understand that if you or me were to go into the boardroom of Coca-Cola, for instance, and suggest that Coca-Cola should take action on XYZ issue, you know, um, let's say it's um, Coca-Cola should support a pro-life organization, for instance. If you were to walk into that boardroom and suggest that without proving that this is going to help the bottom line, uh, you know, or if this is going to help the, the achieve the goals of the company, long-term success of the company, even if I think if the CEO were sympathetic to your views, it's going to be hard for the CEO to make that call. And so I think that that reason in particular is why you're seeing a lot of corporate activism, because the CEOs and the executives are saying, look, if we take this action, this is going to build a better relationship with our customers and may, may help us out in terms of future profitability or future relationships with those customers or employees or whatever it may be. So I think that's why you're seeing a lot of corporate activism today. I think maybe it's just a circle there because, to be honest, if we go back to the example of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, well, I'm a consumer. And so when I go to an ice cream shop or I pick up a pint of ice cream at the grocery store, I personally don't care what their position is on Israel 
what I care about, whether their ice cream is good. So, so why would um, a producer of ice cream decide to go public with their position on Israel, for example? I think the, the main thing that you have to, to remember is that um, at the end of the day, I would contend, uh, and this is hotly debated, I mean, this is a subject that there's not sort of a, a plurality of beliefs quite yet, but I would contend, as perhaps Milton Friedman would, that uh, these corporate executives at Ben & Jerry's or the corporate executives at any company are, are primarily seeking the long-term success of their company and the benefit of all their stakeholders. And I use stakeholders instead of shareholders, as, as uh, some others would use, because I think the stakeholders includes their customers, their employees, as well as the, their shareholders in particular. However, what I think Ben & Jerry's, the executives at Ben & Jerry's are doing when they, when they make their position on Israel known or public, is they're, they're weighing sort of these costs and benefits of that decision. They're saying, okay, so we might have the Helens uh, in our consumer base who may not really care about what their stance on Israel is, or even you would have a distaste to hear their stance on, on Israel, or, or you would be off-put by their stance on Israel, if that makes sense, versus the other consumers, which I would contend probably make up a larger share, or a much larger share of their consumer base, who, do, uh, who are passionate about you know, Israel-Palestinian conflicts who are passionate about uh, LGBT issues, which is another thing that Ben & Jerry's has made a lot of comments on, who are very passionate about social justice. And, and I think that the, they're weighing the calculus of potentially losing your business and potentially strengthening the relationship with, their, with that other customer base that they have. And then because they believe that the potential benefit from their, from their other customer base outweighs the loss of their customers that might be more like you in this case, that's why they've made their decision there. Whereas if there's another ice cream company or another company such as Walmart, for instance, who, who might uh, have a different target demographic, they're less, probably less likely to make those, those calls there. Well, to be exact, I am extremely passionate about all of these issues, just not in the context of my bowl of ice cream. But uh, <laughs> And I didn't mean to suggest otherwise. Moving on, um, so let's start with this question first. So do you think that companies do have a social responsibility, that it is, it is necessary for companies to take a political or social stand on certain issues? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I think, um, so, so I want to be careful about how I address this. I think, I think that we as Christians and we as Christians within business do have social responsibilities and we're held to a higher standard and that's the standard that God has called us to. However, I think corporations, and I, again, I'll quote Milton Friedman, who, uh, who I've seemed to be quoting quite a bit here, he, he said at one point that the social responsibility for corporations is primarily to their shareholders. And I think that it, that is primarily the, the responsibility that corporations have, whether it be decisions not to get involved in any corporate activism or corporate social responsibility that we're seeing a lot of today, or whether it be the decision to, to get involved with that, that should be motivated and inspired by what's going to be best for their customers for their employees and for their for their shareholders. You know, that that is going to necessarily lead to a lot of outcomes that we as Christians are probably not fans of and I think we're seeing a lot of that uh, particularly today with the 
quote unquote woke corporation that's becoming more prevalent. However, I think what we have to recognize is that is not indicative of corporations, in my opinion, I don't think that's indicative of corporations losing their moral compass. I think what that's indicative of is it's symptomatic, maybe, of society losing its moral compass, you know? <laughs> um, and and maybe, maybe moral compass is not the, the proper word there. But I think at the end of the day, I think what, uh, what we're seeing with corporate activism is symptomatic of what consumers want. And so when you see all of this corporate activism that you're not enjoying or that you're not liking, that is a uh, symptom of uh, society calling for things that are uh, less desirable, uh, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. So let's look at it from a different perspective. So if if the companies find it necessary to take a social stand or a political stand on certain issues and and appeal to the customers that they find the most valuable, if I am then on the other side of that, I'm the customer, I'm the consumer, and I see that this company does not reflect my values, and specifically, you know, for a Christian for whom the values are really, um, you know, very, very important. So then how, how, how do we respond to that as Christians? So uh, there has been numerous boycotts by Christians of different companies. Let's, let's uh, first of all, look at those. Do you feel like they have been effective and they have made a point? You know, this actually, before, before I jump into this, it reminds me of uh, the cliche Sunday school answer here. Um, you know, uh, when you go into Sunday school and any teacher asks a question, you know, you can be pretty safe in answering Jesus because if even if the answer isn't Jesus, they're still going to say, well, you know, the answer is Jesus, of course, but, you know, <laughs> we, it, it's hard to say no to Jesus. So to that point, um, I think the answer here, as any economist would probably say to any question that you ask them, is it depends. And the reason it depends is I think that even though you can see an issue in particular that is universally accepted by Christians to be right or wrong, I think it's difficult to, to make a bl blanket statement saying that all Christians should avoid this company or all Christians should buy from this company. Because at, at, we have to remember that every single household, every single family is in a different situation, in a different circumstance. And sometimes you just, you know, to be frank, don't have the option to choose another company to purchase from. So if you have to choose between possibly supporting a business that has made statements in support of gay marriage or feeding your family, I think it makes more sense to su support feeding your family that evening than to uh, boycott that particular company. However, if you do have the luxury of choosing, I do think it's extremely important that Christians take notice of, of what their corporations that they're purchasing from are, are saying and what they're doing and what they're supporting. Because I think the reason that you're seeing all this corporate activism, to go back to my previous answer, is because those corporations perceive there to be benefit from making those, from making those statements. So if we as Christians are to band together and say, look, no, we don't want to support a company that makes those particular statements, or yes, we do want to to back this company for taking a stand on this particular issue, I think you're likely going to see a lot more corporations that will be um, a little bit more sensitive to 
that viewpoint and start to make um, certain changes in, in their approach to different situations, or at the very least, which, which this is a step in the right direction, be a little bit more hesitant to make a statement in opposition to Christians in the future. Uh, so I do think it's important that uh, Christians sort of, uh, as they say, vote with their dollar for uh, different corporations or different actions as, as they see fit. Yeah, I think it's important uh, to recognize, you know, if you look at Nike, for instance, and of course, Nike might not be a great uh, representative for <laughs> for a strong uh, moral company. But but if you look at Nike, Nike has taken, taken a lot of um, social stances recently. For instance, they've partnered with Colin Kaepernick to release a shoe uh, under Colin Kaepernick's name solely because of his uh, social stances and and, you know, whatever they want to brand the shoe as. However, one thing that you you that's worth recognizing is that Nike has not really done anything, uh, you know, for those in Hong Kong. Nike's not really done anything for those uh, the the Uyghurs in in China. Nike's not done a lot of things or made any statements for a number of different social issues out there that are worth addressing. And and the key reason I think that is is Nike doesn't see a profit opportunity. Uh, and I know this sounds outrageous, but I don't necessarily think that Nike is at fault for for not choosing to prioritize the plethora of different social issues out there. I think who's at fault is the Nike consumers, uh, which include me and include a lot of different people out there. I know, but it's it's, uh, it's important to realize that Nike is seeking a profit, and if they don't think that uh, taking a, a social position on certain things is profitable, they're not going to make that stance. If we were to demand uh, or or make a, a large stink about the Chinese Uyghurs, Nike would probably make some sort of statement or some sort of position on the Chinese Uyghurs. And, and I think we need to, I think we need to, as Christians, engage in more individual activism, activism with, within our, our own self, not, not necessarily uh, within corporations themselves. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Isn't this all a bunch of posturing? So Nike, Nike, so we consumers force Nike to make a stance on Uyghurs. Nike makes a stance on Uyghurs. How does this actually help the Uyghurs? Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. Nike's not helping the Uyghurs, but I think, you know, if if uh, if more people take more stands, I mean, that's that's the the organic uh, sort of you know, you're you're building a coalition. So, I think if you if you get more uh, organizations, you get more people, you get more celebrities, whoever whoever you want to say. It. I don't think necessarily celebrities should be involved in social activism because it doesn't seem to ever end well. But that being the case, if you have a number of different stakeholders that are talking about one issue, you're more likely to see change within that particular issue than if you have no one talking about that issue. And I think there is a demographic in the U.S. that recognizes recognizes this and has been very effective in their advocacy and their media campaign. And that's why you're seeing a lot of corporations sort of siding with these more left-of-center causes. Um, whereas I think Christians and um, the right and other sort of demographics that have been a little bit more quiet about certain things, you're not seeing a lot of uh, posturing for those issues. And that's largely because we've not, um, you know, we've not been engaged in our own activism. I do believe that sometimes these corporations make their decision reflecting the position of their leadership more so personally, more so than the position of their customers. 
do you think that happens to a certain extent? Oh, it's possible. I think I think what's what's important to recognize though is that it's it's sort of a um, chicken or an egg situation. So let's say you have a small business with four employees. It's really a family kind of business, and and uh, the decisions that are you know the positions that are taken by the business owner are purely the business owners. I think um, if they're pretty vocal in how they and what they're messaging, you know, for instance, whether they decide to put a rainbow flag in their window or whether or not they decide to put a cross in their window, I think that's going to naturally affect their consumer base. It may be the case that those uh, those um, actions were driven maybe initially by the personal viewpoints of that co- of the um, CEO or of the business owner. However, and in the end of the day, it's naturally going to select for those types of consumers who then in the future are going to demand more actions like that in order for them to stay profitable. So, you know, birds of a feather flock to ve- together kind of situation. That being said, I think there are probably few situations, or at least the, it's not situations that last very long in which you have a corporation whose primary customer base holds a different viewpoint than the corporation itself, because I just don't think that's sustainable for a corporation. So what I'm hearing um, from what you've said, that it is important for us to be selective since since the companies are choosing to become vocal about which issues they support and don't support, then on the other end of that uh, issue, it is important for us as consumers to be uh, selective about which companies we support and don't support. And so, you know, I, uh, is it possible then that uh, according to the just the flow of free market, we will soon have a society even more so divided where there will be companies that specifically, uh, companies that produce the same product, but specifically cater to <laughs> people with certain values. Yeah, it's 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 possible, and and it, it's a good it's a great point too because I, I think you know if you, if you game this out that that is sort of the outcome that that uh, it may look to to be like there will be Coca Cola <laughs> and there will be Jesus Cola right know, right yeah be. well hopefully honestly hopefully it does not get to that point I think that's that's not going to be great for society that you have a either a a, a Jesus cola or an atheist cola or a you know conservative cola or a liberal cola. I don't think that's helpful for society. But if that were to happen, I think companies would quickly recognize that um, it may be more beneficial for them just not to make political statements or or uh, social statements at all, which is sort of the environment that we had as recently as ten years ago, in my opinion, at least. That being said, um, I do think the, the, the markets will sort of uh, come full circle and, and I think corporations will start to make a lot more reasonable and, and reasoned choices that they make because, you know, if they go too far in either direction, then they'll lose a, a big subset of their consumer base. What I see right now is you have one side that is a lot more sensitive to sort of the positions that corporations are taking. And then us as Christians um, that are a little less sensitive to those uh, positions, Um, at least and just anecdotally from what I have seen is that, you know, a corporation may make a pretty egregious comment towards Christians, 
but it doesn't seem to affect how many Christians go and shop at that corporation. That being said, if we were a little bit more sensitive about what's being said, it may cause a corporation to think twice before making making a, a disparaging comment or taking a, a disparaging position on certain issues. So hopefully it does not lead to a divided economy. Um, but uh, I, I do think that uh, luckily we do have some say in what our corporations are, are saying. And I don't think we're necessarily exercising that, uh, that uh, say as much as we probably should. So going back to the very beginning of our conversation um, and the situation with Ben and Jerry's and the states divesting from that company and its parent company, do you think that will make the difference? Do you think that these actions, how many states uh, should divest from this company for them to notice and uh, perhaps change their position? You know, it's a, it's a good question. And I, I, to be honest, I think, um, again, I'm, I'm not really sure that the government should take much action in directing companies or, or suggesting that companies should do one thing or another, unless it, you know, pertains to the direct safety of, of their citizens. Um, that is a tricky question, whether or not uh, other states should jump on board and, and do similar actions. I do think, however, us as Christians, recognizing that uh, this is uh, you know, Ben and Jerry's actions are directly harming both Israelis and Palestinians from from various reports. Uh, I do think it's important for us to to raise um, awareness that uh, that these actions are not beneficial. And perhaps if enough enough of us took action and enough of us made uh, rose awareness, um, that might at least cause Ben and Jerry's to think twice about making actions like this in the future. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Philip, and uh, best of luck to you. Well, thank you very much. And the last thing I'll close with is I think that um, one thing that we have to remember is that I think uh, businesses are, are sort of responsive and reactive organisms uh, that, are, um, that, that sort of need to listen to their consumers in order to, to become sustainable. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So I think if we exercise our voice, I think uh, we can see some positive change in the future. While corporations make decisions on behalf of their stakeholders, it is important to remember that we do have a voice. Like Philip said, businesses are responsive and reactive organisms, and if we want to see positive change in the future, we just need to exercise our voice. We can use our voice to affect corporations in America, but simultaneously we must be intentional about changing the culture in our country and around the world. At World Missions Alliance, we believe that changed lives change lives, which means your testimony has the power to transform the world. If you want to know more about how you can get involved, visit our website, rfwma.org. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Limitless Spirit Podcast. Until next time, I'm Helen Todd. Limitless Spirit Podcast is produced by World Missions Alliance. We believe that changed lives change lives. If you want to see your life transformed by Christ's love, or if you want to help those who are hurting and hopeless and discover your greater purpose in serving Christ through short-term missionary work, check out our website, rfwma.org, and find out how to get involved.